Well, good morning, everyone. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Matt. I am the youth pastor here. We have a a very uh, thriving youth ministry here at Abundant Life. Um, Our numbers continue to go up. I continue to need help. (laughs) Uh, And the Lord Lord has really blessed us with um, great partners within this ministry. We have uh, Jennifer, uh, my wife. Uh, We have Luke and Emma. And really, I have, have really seen a shift within the past six months or so of where the youth desire to be a part of the community that we have here at Abundant Life. And <clears throat> also with, with being the youth minister, um, um, I've also recognized that it's not all about me. Um, I don't have all the answers. Uh, what we've really gotten into uh, is a lot more dialogue. They desire to, to have more discussion time, more not so much the, the videos and the teaching, but discussion time. And you know, with this generation, they, they really gnaw on things and really try to figure stuff out. It's not just, okay, this is how it is, um, it, which, which has really challenged me. Um, that's not how I was brought up, but I recognize, especially being a parent, that there might be a little bit of a, a shift there that I need to, to do. So we're going to be talking about parenting today. A uh, couple of my youth uh, this week uh, were kind of trying to make up excuses of not being here today, but I said, listen, listen, I'm all for you guys. This, this message is for the parents. You guys are welcome to sleep, hang out, whatever you need to do. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but so my relationship to God is number one. I fully believe that uh, the day that I'm called to heaven, that my interview with Jesus, the next thing he's going to say is, He's going to talk about my relationship with my wife. That's number two. I fully believe that. Number three, I'm a dad. So my relationship with my children is number three. Everything else, church, my friends, youth ministry, that comes after my wife and my children. It really does. So we need to be doing them things well. So this message, I have, not just this week, I have really... uh, struggled with parenting. I really have. I don't have perfect kids. We all, none of us have perfect kids. Um, but my, my research, uh, specifically with scripture, there's a lot of good stuff in here that we can pull from. So <clears throat> James Dobson, he's one of the, the, the main people I go to uh, aside from scripture. Uh, he says, message to Christian parents, when you and I have reached the end of our brief journey on this earth, Nothing will matter more to us than the quality of our families and the depth of our relationship with God. So parenting. This may be kind of a a narrow message. There's some of you here who are not parents. Maybe someday you desire to have kids. Someday you will have kids. There is parents that are in here. Uh, There is uh, parents that are in here that are, their kids are out of the house. Maybe someday they'll have grandchildren. Maybe they already do have grandchildren. So this, this is going to be kind of a, a narrow message. But maybe <clears throat> I believe that if you do not have children at home, I think that God is going to use your uh, knowledge and, and wisdom to be able to share principles with those that do have children. 
So please, I think this is, is, is going to be good. Uh, I pl- pray that, um, that you're receptive to, um, I mean, this is, this is, this is scripture-based. This is not a full-on Matt and Jen parenting course. So <clears throat> let's, let's spend a moment in prayer. Father God, um, I just thank you for how you are shaping and molding each and every one of us, Lord God. None of us has arrived Father God, this process of, of, of trying to be more like Jesus, it is a lifetime commitment. It is a lifetime journey. Father God, may we never come to a point in our age where we are comfortable, where we, where we just hang out at the status quo, Lord God. Father God, may this, uh, may this word today be encouragement to the parents, Lord. Help us to parent well, Lord God. You're calling us to parent well. And Father God, I just pray that this message that comes forth today, that just some little nugget of what is said today can be taken home and to be used to do well for our families. Amen. So to the parents, uh, gosh, being a parent, there's busyness, there's extreme costs with, it seems like, everything. We are more busier today in America, I think, than we've ever been as far as activities and just all the, what I would say are good things, but there's plenty of bad things. There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of noise. Um, There's a lot of uh, resources out there. There's, gosh, I was doing some research in um, uh, the Barna Group. They did a study, and they said that on average, there is 10 parenting books published each day in the past 20 years. So think of going to Barnes and Noble and, oh gosh, I'm really struggling with this and my parenting duties. What do you go to? How many hundreds of books there is that are available out there? Um, we're going to get into it, but the, the Bible has uh, a lot of really great illustrations for us. There's a lot of good commands that are in there for us. Um, <clears throat> so scripture is the, is the number one thing that is not going to waver and change. But also, we are a community here. So if, if you were to really uh, break down our parenting style, it's because Jen and I, even before we had kids, our friends at the time, we, we learned from them. Um, and then also right in the thick of things, we, we went to parents that had already been there. It seems like, at least for us, that our closest friends have always been the ones that their kids are a couple of years older than us. And I think uh, friends of ours, they actually mentioned to us that what their pastor told them, which is, I think, very wise advice, if, if you... Uh, desire to have godly children, if you desire to have kids that are in your own view, that they are respectful and that they are who you want your kids to be, well, you need to hang out with them. Your kids need to be hanging out with those kids. So let's, let's push aside our own selfishness and, and maybe our different personalities. Well, you know, I don't really like them, or, or they, they don't do things, the, you know, their house, and you know, they live an hour away. All these little things that may create stumbling blocks for you, but when you think of your children being a priority, I think it is very wise to get your kids around those kids and also just spend some time with the parents. Hey, how do you, how do, you do this? 
You know, I, I, what, is, what is really your, um, the things that you guys live by? How are you operating? So the good news is, um, gosh, God's word, there's tons of insight there um, when it comes to parenting. So, so defining our roles. Point number one, what is a Christian parent's role? If you are a parent, there's three jobs that you have. The first one is the most simplest. It is the responsibility. The kid is there. They need to survive, right? They need to be alive. They need to have food. They need to have shelter. You'd think that anyone could do that, but that's not the case. Number two, to lay a Christian foundation that they can build upon, evangelize, Disciple them, help them grow in grace. So it is an opportunity, but it's also a responsibility. Number three, help your children to grow into functioning adults who can support themselves, care for themselves, and contribute to society. You always hear the, the example of a bird, like a, a, a mother eagle. She's got the babies in the nest. They come of age to where they can fly, or maybe they can't, and either they leave on their own, or seriously, this is really what happens, or they pick them right up and they just let them go. So there's a lot of, um, um, a lot of uh, examples on that topic, um, but it, it, it's really our job to have our kids doing well and to contribute as they get older and they leave the house. So point number two, the Bible which is God-inspired. Um, it is God-breathed. It is the foundation for effective parenting and is a practical source of godly wisdom. So I, I think if you were to ask a, a non-believer, they would, they would say, oh yeah, the Bible, you know, it's made up of a lot of different illustrations and, and stories and, and fables and, and myths. Well, it's not. It, it, these people, what we have recorded in Scripture, God told these people. He inspired them to write this stuff down. So we have great insight from God about parenting. The Bible was written to teach us how to relate properly to God and to one another. We have our memory verse, uh, Deuteronomy 6, 5-7. through 7. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, if you could repeat with me, all your strength, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you are going to bed, and when you are getting up. Deuteronomy 6, 5, 6, and 7. So it says right there, parents, teach the Bible to your children. Let's get into a, a biblical parenting illustration. Point number three. This is something that was really neat. We went through, uh, just over a month ago in youth group, a character study on Timothy. Um, for those of you who don't know, Timothy was very young. He was uh, Paul's um, protege. He was uh, basically like Paul's adopted son. Uh, he, was, he was one of the youngest pastors that we have recorded from in Scripture. Um, so 2 Timothy 1.5 in Scripture says, um, this is what Apostle Paul said, Timothy, I remember your genuine faith, 
For you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. So you see there that he was brought up in a Christian home, right? He was, he was, it was communicated to him the, the, the example that Jesus set. Um, and it was something that, um, you know, that they prepared you know, the, the way they prepared that, that the Messiah, you know, that he came and just that he just laid, they just laid out as they were one of the earliest converts of Christianity. They laid out um, the fulfilling of the Old Testament prophecies. And, and Timothy had a really, really strong foundation that Paul remind him, reminds him of. Uh, in that character study that we were going through with Timothy, um, it talked about Remember, youth, this is the, the challenge. Youth, remember your foundation. Remember how you've been raised. Remember what your parents have told you. It's just that constant reminder. And also our second week, we got into um, to not be underestimated. Uh, a lot of us, um, you know, we look to the younger generation as, as simple, as inexperienced. Uh, they cannot contribute. Well, that's not true. They are tomorrow's leader, but also today's leader. Wherever they go, they are to be called leaders, right? So they have a responsibility. And to have that courage, and, and like the Apostle Paul is pouring into Timothy, you know, be bold, remember these things. And, and the last week, uh, this is where we had our highest attendance for youth. Uh, I sent a text out to the parents. I said, hey, tonight uh, the teaching is going to be about youth. Uh, go to your elders, go to your parents for insight because they have some of the tools you need. So we had tons of parents that brought their youth. They're like, okay, they're going to be taught to respect the, the older uh, parents and the grandparents and elders. Um, so although older people had questioned Timothy's faith, faith in leadership, Paul encouraged him not to underestimate himself. 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15 says, But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Jesus. And as we know, as it's recorded, Timothy's ministry, it changed the world. This young pastor just that foundation that he had. He was parented well. Point number four, we have commands. This is, this is, um, this is straight from Scripture, so you can't argue with me on this stuff. <laughs> Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17, following up from what we just read about Apostle Paul speaking to Timothy. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So that goes right back to when you're looking for a resource, when you're down on your knees, crying out because you don't know what to do, uh, with one of your children or all of your children or you know, maybe in the pregnancy that you're in, recognize that what Scripture says right there. It teaches us. It teaches us. It prepares us. It equips us for us to do good works. So this, um, 
these next two verses, uh, Scripture says, fathers. I, one thing that I should have said in the very beginning, <clears throat> I cannot tell you, you'd think that I could, but I cannot tell you how to parent a 14-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old. I have a 13-year-old. So I, I can't. I, I can relate to youth. Then again, I think of all the youth pastors. Most of the youth pastors I know, they're not even married. And if they are married, they don't have kids. So that, what parenting advice would you get from them, right? So also with that, <clears throat> um, I, I cannot tell you how to parent boys. How could, how could someone teach something that they have not experienced, right? But it has specifically that, what's the fist mean? You just get physical? <laughs> well, that's pretty simple. But I, think, I, th I just wonder, out of Scripture, the next two um, uh, Scriptures we're going to read, it's specifically speaking to fathers. Maybe there's just that natural instinct. At least my own mother, her 100% desire is to love and baby and care and nurture. It just comes natural. It just comes natural to women. Now, us guys, uh, there's a lot of... Uh, irresponsible men out there, right? They, let's just throw it out there. They, they, they get their wife pregnant and they just, that's what, is what it is, right? So we have a couple of scriptures we're going we're gonna to read here, and it's specifically to fathers. So Colossians 3.21. Fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, do not irritate, provoke, frustrate, de depending on your translation, um, exasperate, is that, is that another translation, I believe? Uh, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. I stumbled upon a, a really good uh, parenting uh, teaching where it listed out positive and negative commands for us parents. And I'd like to share. It's from Pastor Scott Harris. So here's some prohibited commands. These are things you should not do. These are, are negative. The first one, abuse, physical and verbal. This is, this is something I'm going to really tread very lightly on. Um, but a simple definition of child abuse is striking a child out of anger, usually, which is not good, even more so for the Christian parent. Something that we've tried to implement is just taking a deep breath. When something happens, just slow down, take a deep breath before you react. Also, something we've been really talking about for numerous weeks in youth is uh, the difference between reacting and responding. Uh, reacting is just in the moment, bam. It's usually negative, not thought out. Whereas a response, you're, you're, you're going back. You're, you're going back in your brain. What experience do I have? What wisdom do I have to, for this situation? And also just taking a second to just evaluate what's going on. Most of you guys that are mechanical, you'll kind of understand this. Um, <clears throat> I think of uh, anger as pressure buildup. Uh, we have, uh, with a racing engine, you have an uh, external oil pump. Sorry, ladies, this is all 
geeky mechanical stuff, but we have a pressure relief valve for the oil pump that can be adjusted. You could, you could crank it all the way in, you could put a bunch of pressure on that spring, you have super high pressure. But when you have that high pressure, bad things can happen. You could blow out oil out the seals, you could have a, a major leak. Um, I think of, it might sound silly, but us men need to have a relief valve. We need to have a relief valve with a low adjustment setting. We're going to have low pressure, high flow. There's going to be no leaks, right? Amen. So I think, I think of also uh, you guys that have um, you know, some experience. There's ignition systems and stuff out there. Well, there's chips that you can put in there based on an RPM set point. The engine will not go beyond this certain rev limiter, right? So where, uh, the question I have you for you is where's your relief valve set at? What chip do you have in your ignition box? Don't take the chip out because you can rev to the moon and blow up, right? So you need to have a low setting in there. Just, just how I kind of think of things and view things. So don't, don't react, especially when you're, when you're having to discipline, don't react in anger. Maybe take a little time out yourself to think about how you're going to approach the situation. Inconsistency. Uh, a pastor friend of mine who is also a counselor, uh, he said just recently, it wasn't exactly pertaining to something that we were going through, but he said inconsistency is even worse than bad parenting. If you're consistently a bad parent, your kid's going to know what is expected of them. If you are a consistent good parent, that is wonderful. But some couple of silly examples. Uh, today, your child writes on the wall. Oh, that's fine. That's okay. We'll just wash it off with the magic eraser. It's fine. Next day, does the exact same thing. Gets a spanking right then and there. What have you done? as far as what that child knows, that its boundaries and its limits. Uh, another example, <clears throat> a mother says uh, to do something five or six times before she actually gets serious. The next day she says it once and out comes the paddle. Or how about maybe your child is playing with their food and, and dad laughs for breakfast, but does the same exact thing for dinner time and there's big consequences. Dad gets angry. The child is confused and is uncertain of what is expected. Inconsistency causes frustration, which in turn leads to anger. This, this really, really hit me home. This is from the same teaching from that pastor. This really hit me, guys. So if you're going to listen to anything I say today, key into this. If such inconsistency is continued long enough, even an optimistic child can become pessimistic and quit trying out of fear they will do the wrong thing no matter what they try to do. So they have no idea of, of what is expected of them, right? So how are they going to move forward? Children know what is expected when parents are consistent, and it is so easier on both of them. I think of that scripture we have there. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13.8. Isn't it such a wonderful, beautiful thing that we have scripture that remains unchanged. We have God who remains unchanged. He lays out clear for us, this is 
This is my commands. And he doesn't waver from them. So we know this, this race that we're on uh, for our faith, as we get older and wiser, that consistently on those, that judgment day, that, that we are going to know already what he's going to say. Another negative, um, another negative thing is uh, parents being selfish. For these parents, the world revolves around themselves and children are an intrusion. Maybe you could think of someone that operates that way. You're really questioning your mind, why on earth did they have kids in the first place? The child will usually be, will be angry at whatever takes the parent away from them. So hobbies, all that is great. But if it is taking you away from your kids every single week, eventually the child, it'll come out. Something, something along the lines, oh, I hate golf or I hate this or that. So selfishness. How about favoritism? I'm sure you've seen that too. You have uh, multiple children. Oh, one of them, they just speak of, oh, they, they're just such a little angel. Oh, they're perfect. Oh, don't they look nice? And they're always bitter and negative and nasty about another children. Do you know what that does? That is, there, there is hatred. I've, I've lived it. There is hatred amongst siblings that lasts for years and years into the 20s, 30s, and 40s, maybe forever. So don't play favorites with your children. Some, some are compliant. Some are strong-willed. Some, you have no idea how to parent. <laughs> Excessive expectations and discouragement. This is the parent that continually demands more of their child than they are capable of. I don't know if any of you guys have uh, seen, they're really good, the uh, 30 for 30 documentaries on uh, ESPN. Uh, I don't know if any of you know of uh, Brian Bosworth. Uh, back in the 90s, he for certain was one of the best college linebackers. He was amazing, absolutely amazing. Uh, but... When he was in his junior year, he got into some stuff, uh, got into steroids. Uh, I think maybe he only played a year in the NFL. They, the, the doctors said that his shoulders uh, were those of a 60-year-old. His body was just destroyed. Well, the documentary basically takes place. They, they go over a lot of his highlights, but the documentary takes place in a storage unit. Inside the storage unit is all of his parents' belongings. His father is no longer alive. But there's these boxes upon boxes of everything that his dad stored. Every single newspaper clipping, article, reporting that was on Brian, his dad saved. His dad clipped out. His dad had notebooks. His dad, I believe, was his uh, high school football coach. But his dad had notes how Brian needed to do better and all these critiquings. And you hear the frustration, the whole hour-long documentary, the frustration that Brian had because he was never good enough in his dad's eyes. So what that led to is, and that will lead to you if you're doing the same thing, your child will eventually be so overwhelmed and know that they can never make you happy that they will start to look for someone else as a father figure. Um, I believe his name was uh, Barry Schweitzer, actually became Brian's father figure for him. But it was really sad to see that Brian, he's in his uh, late 40s now, he's doing this documentary, and he's got the, just this, these really, really pent-up 
bad emotions because although his dad's pushing him may have pushed him into becoming the best of the best, he lost a son in the process. So really, what, what, what do you want? Do you want this professional athlete that carries your, your last name, but you lose him? So think of, of maybe how you may be um, having these ridiculous uh, expectations that they can never achieve. Um, there's a balance in that. There really is. So do that in a healthy way. Do not belittle. Do not complain about their lacking. Uh, my children, uh, you know, we, we homeschool them. Uh, they all learn on a very different curve. Um, there may be one of them that, that just gets it simply. There may be one of them that it takes them a little longer. That's the way that God made them. So do not think that you can parent. If you have multiple children, do not think, at least in my experience, do not think that you can parent them the exact same. When Jen and I had our first child, we thought, ooh, this is smooth sailing. We're good. Second child comes along, has, has just a little bit of a strong will about her. Just a little bit. So she took completely different parenting skills. And now we have a five-year-old. We have no idea what kind of parenting <laughs> skills she needs. That wasn't set up. That... So here I am today, and those of you that that we spend time with, trust me, we're learning from you. We are. Thank you for your experience. So here are some prescri prescribed commands. Let's get into the positive. Let's get into the healthy stuff. Come on, Matt, enough, enough of this negative stuff. If you've really messed up, I've been there numerous times. I still am. If you've really messed, messed up, just give them chocolate. We have all five of us in our household, we all have a really bad sweet tooth. So nothing more brings happiness than a piece of chocolate in our home. I'm kidding. So enjoy them. Enjoy your children. That is, that is the biggest thing. It is such a, a fast transition from baby a teenager. Mary, she made something for me <clears throat> uh, five years ago. She, I brought her to work with me for a couple hours, and she made this really cool little chart. And um, <clears throat> I have that right up on my little, um, little board next to my desk there. And I was thinking, man, that, that seemed like forever ago. I was just looking at it yes, uh, Friday. I sent some pictures to Mary and just, man, that seemed like forever ago. So, so recognize that when you're in something, it's not going to last forever. There is this transient up, down, up, down, up, down, but just be consistent. I'm reminded <clears throat> all the time in my brain of, of the J12 ministry, um, the, the founders Greg and Jessica Johnson, right on their main page, we all should know it because we, we, we have a J12 ministry, but Right on the main page, they have their, their quote, the founders, reaching a generation before they need to be rescued. So, so infiltrating their mind, their, their spiritual makeup at a very young age, so when they're older, they don't depart from it. This is, this is amazing teaching that we have from this J12. And Pastor David and I, we were just talking about it a couple weeks ago, how the thriving youth 
group that we have today, it is not from my efforts, from the other people that helped me, their efforts. It is not from our pastor's efforts. It is from God. We recognize that what God commands, which we, which we started when David and Stasha were here, they, they asked for some insight. Another pastor came here and he pointed to the kids' building. He said, it all starts right there. And we've just, we didn't know it at the time, but we, there is a process. If you stick to the process, this is the fruit that we will have. And I am so, so, so blessed. I think that uh, you guys, uh, you parents are, are too kind. I'm really being honest there. I have received little to no flack about some of the teaching, uh, maybe some of the correction that we've had to have in youth, because you know why? We have amazing children. We have amazing youth. I go to camps, I'm around two, 300 kids. We have very well-disciplined kids, very respectful kids. Uh, there may be one or two that kind of go off a little bit. Well, I tell you what, I was just telling the youth group last week, if, if Matt was a part of this when he was a young teenager, I would have been kicked out. <laughs> so parents, you are doing well. Don't think that this message is coming down on you hard like you need to change. You need to have a drastic change in what you're doing. Ephesians 6.4, later in that uh, verse, it says, this is a reminder, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So there's discipline... Uh, positive training is, is what I see it as. It's an education. It involves uh, uh, an example, lecture, reading, observation, uh, discovery. Uh, I'm a man of a few words. My wife, thankfully, for our children's sake, she's a lady of many words. So when it comes to teaching, when it comes to simple little things, she goes above and beyond with just explanation after explanation. She's constantly talking to them. She's around them all the time. So this is positive training. Instruction, which is the second aspect. It could be, um, the word is translated as admonition, warning, exhortation, as well as instruction. In this sense, it is instruction, instructive correction given without provoking or embittering the child. Our children are to understand who the Lord is, what he has done for them, and what it means to love them. And I'll quote Pastor Scott Harris. He says, Nurturing a child in the discipline and instruction of the Lord should encompass all that 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says the word of God is to accomplish in us. It provides the teaching, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be adequate equipped for every good work. Teaching points out the path of life. Reproof warns you have gotten off that path. Correction gets you back on the path. Instruction tells you how to stay on the path. That is what you will do for your children as you nurture them in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's some good stuff. So let's get into point number five. Goals. In every stage and phase of parenting, our child's spiritual development is our number one concern. So I'm going to read to you again the memory verse and let it sink in a little more this time. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Andy, Andy Stanley says the most precious opportune time that we have with our children is from 7 to 9 p.m. It is that time. It is, I'm sure that it's different for every child, but it is that time that you don't just sit in your chair watching a television show and say, okay, good night. It is you going with them, especially when they're younger, tucking them into bed, praying with them, talk about them. There's... Uh, I don't know, I believe I shared this in youth group. It just blew me away. The average father in America spends just five minutes a day with purposeful, purposeful conversation with his kids. Five minutes a day. That's crazy. So if there is going to be five minutes, let it be that time where it's a quiet time. I know we're busy. Some of us are the head of the house and, and we're the breadwinners. Uh, some of you, you, you do something, you know, work late, whatever it is, please find time. At least call them on the phone when you're in your car. <laughs> Knowing God is the key to wisdom. Teach them all about God, what he is like and what he has done and what he commands while modeling the supreme love for God in your own life. Something else that I've come to know and I know that you guys have shared this too, is that it's all about your relationship with God too. If it is unhealthy, if there is um, this expectation that you have of your children to be perfect and godly, but you don't even go to church, that, that would sound silly. But also, I don't know really how, know how this ties in here, but there's also a lot of... Um, experience out there that says your, your children are going to repeat your failures. They're going to repeat your mistakes. So if there's any advice, especially to you parent, uh, adults that are yet to have children, is to get right with God before you have children. If you're in the thick of things and you already have kids, it's never too late. Every day is new. 1 Thessalonians 2.12 says, For them to live a life worthy of God, a life that God would consider worthy. So what does worthy mean? Uh, it is to have worth. It is to have value. It is to be honorable, to be adequate. adequate. And also another goal is for them to grow up to be wise adults. Proverbs 1, 2 through 6 talks about this. To seek, to know and to love God. Andy Stanley, he has this illustration of um, parenting in his eyes is, is uh, about the relationships. Relationships determine how well a child will be to, uh, to face life. And he, he has this illustration of, think of this box with three dials on it. The one dial is the relationship with the child's relationship with the parents. The other dial is the child's relationship with God. And the other dial is the child's relationship with those outside the home. 
And he has uh, a numerous, uh, I think it's a six-part series. Um, check it out. We um, have Right Now Media membership here. Uh, there's actually a video series on it uh, that, that is free to you. Um, but he talks about these dials and how they can never be out of adjustment. One really cannot, they need to be balanced. One cannot be completely all the way dialed down while the others are cranked all the way up. So there's a balance in, uh, so, so what I'm, the way that I see it is if, if the dial's all the way turned down with the relationship with parents, but the dial's all the way turned up with God and others, the, the child is still going to have issues. It, they are not going to be equipped. And you could look at all them dials, and maybe, maybe with that illustration, you really don't know how to use that for your own parenting, but think about you when you were younger. If your parents were not robots, but if your parents could adjust those dials, would there be any dials that you would have adjusted if you could go back in your life? So the, so the ultimate theme behind his teaching is to to recognize that healthy relationships is what's going to allow that child to be successful in life and, and well-equipped. Relationship with parents, God, and others. Point number six. Uh, maybe I can speak a little bit more into this because I am a youth pastor. Point number six. Helping youths become responsible adults. So there's this transition from childhood to adulthood from dependence on parents to independence as adults who can stand on their own. So number one, hard work. Never give up. Keep on keeping on because that's what it takes. There's, there's um, responsibilities that God has entrusted to you. And just over time, they don't have to be big moments, but hard work. Number two, patience. A lot of kids, they, they never learn as fast as you would like them to. Number three, diligence or, or determination because there's always another lesson to teach and an earlier lesson to repeat. Number four, and this, this is really big, allow them to experience troubles or disappointment. A lot of you know Stormy or Merton. Jennifer and I, we have this book called uh, The Power of praying parents. And in this book, she's quoted as saying, allow them to experience troubles or disappointment. If not, how else would they understand their need for God? They would be in danger of becoming spoiled, overprotected, shallow, irresponsible, or uncommitted. So allow them, as, as hard as that is, as a parent to want the best for your child, to help them, to bail them out of whatever it is, whatever disappointment or trouble they're in, they need to lean on God before they lean on mom and dad. Amen. And also, I don't, I don't have on here, but, <clears throat> well, I do have prayer, but the spiritual warfare side of things. There will come a point in your parenting that I have, have read up on that there will be a point where no longer they're going to listen to you. You cannot control them. You cannot tell them what to do. But in prayer, you can tell the enemy what he cannot do in your child's life, right? So recognize that, um, that spiritual side of things. Pray for them. Cover every detail of your child's life in prayer. 
Don't think that you need to do it all. There's an expert daddy. There's an expert, expert father, the best parent of all time that we need to be going to. Not just our kids, but we do too. So we're going to close in, in prayer here. And um, if I, I just ask if you to just bow your heads. Father God, parenting is it's a tall order, Lord. For those that you have, have given children, Lord, may they take this responsibility serious, Lord. Father God, we release our children into your hands, Lord God. We depend on you to, to enable us to raise our children well and properly, Lord. Father God, above all, we ask that our children's lives be blessed, Lord. May we be committed to your commands, Lord God, the positive and the negative, Lord. Father God, for those who are struggling, Lord God, I ask that you would, by your spirit, prompt them in the direction to seeking help, Lord. To spend time with others who have already been there and done that, Lord. To look at other children that, that they would ask that their, their children would be Maybe fulfilling some of those uh, commitments of, of being committed to Jesus at such a young age, Lord God. May we bring our children around those that are already setting the example, Lord God. And out of that, as I've already said, I, I think that there's going to be some aha moments in the friendship with the parents, Lord God. Father God, you've called us to dwell with each other, to have fellowship with one another, Lord God. Help us to, to do life well, Lord. Help us to share in our experiences and our wisdom, Lord. Father God, we pray for our children. We thank you, Lord, for the work that you have done, you're continuing to do within this church, Lord God. May we rise up children who would be on fire for you, Lord God, and that can change the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.